can I ask you a bit of a random question? Well, the big questions, Michael. What is my perception of love? Well... Have you ever been in love? This might be a glaring omission if she's not on your list. (laughs) It's a tricky one for me, Michael. I haven't been single in six years. Just say I look good, not cute. (laughs) It's that same vibe. And that someone will be pretty incredible because you're pretty incredible. As long as you've got your family and your close friends around you, there'll always be some ground in your life. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Michael Theo, otherwise known as Mr. A+. I'm starting this podcast because I want to entertain people and bring love and light into people's lives as well. Rules for the podcast include no controversial topics such as politics, religion, past wars, weaponry, and drugs. And most importantly, it has a strict no COVID talk policy. On today's episode of the podcast, I will be talking with Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald, who are two pop culture experts from one of Australia's most popular podcasts called Shameless. Today's themes we discussed were love, modern dating, pop culture, our favorite actors and actresses, and television shows. I loved every moment of this conversation, and I hope that you will too. Thank you for your time. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Zara. Hello, Hello Michael. Michael. I want to thank you both so much for joining us today. It is quite an, an honor to have you on. And I would also like to say the reason why I wanted to have you two ladies on this podcast today is because I hear that you're both pop culture experts. Would you mind telling me why you are? <laughs> well, before we tell you how we became pop culture experts. I need to get this out of the way, Michael. I am a colossal fan of yours. I am a colossal fan of Love on the Spectrum, as are all of my friends and my Mm. entire family. So thank you for having us on your show. We are big, big fans of yours and we were very chuffed. We don't say yes to every interview request we get. Very flattered. This was an instant yes, instant yes for us. (laughs) An easy yes, Michael. Uh, Thank you. Thanks, Lise. Mish, we should probably then say how we even became... I, I, it's funny term, Michael Pop Culture Experts, because I guess that is how we now brand ourselves. But it initially just started with a lot of keen interest in reality shows like The Bachelor, and we would have many a conversation about that kind of stuff at our old workplace when we worked there together. And eventually we just found ourselves in a podcast studio talking about it because it was the one thing that we loved to talk about that we felt like people weren't really, like the mainstream media weren't really talking about in a way that we wanted to. Yeah, for sure. And we're also, we have a background in journalism and in writing. And it just so happened that when we began working in the media, obviously as young people, a lot of young people care a lot about pop culture. A lot of the stories we were pitching back then were all about reality TV, influencers, celebrities, you name it. So I guess our hobby for pop culture, something that we were doing of a night every week, kind of infiltrated into our careers. Mm. Are you a big pop culture fan, Michael? I definitely am. No question. (laughs) Okay. My first question is this. I found out that you did a podcast with Jamila Jamil in August 2020. How was it and what was she like? Oh, that's a great question. We haven't spoken about this in ages. 
I think initially it, it's we thought about doing it. I think Mish had the idea to shoot really high. We started emailing people who we didn't know, who we had no connections to, just trying to see who can we get on the podcast who would like blow every other guest out of the water. And I think we got onto a random email address who, and we got forwarded to another email address and then forwarded to another email address. And every email were like, oh, we might actually be getting a bit close to Jamila Jamil here. And then we did, like we got a time locked in and we were like, I'm not entirely sure how we've pulled this one off. And what happened is the interview kind of kept getting moved. Every day it kept getting moved to the next day and we were so nervous. We'd hype ourselves up every day being that we're doing this interview with Jamila Jamil. Last minute it would move. And then finally when we were like on mic waiting for her to turn up, when she popped up on that Zoom screen, I felt such relief and she was such a delight, like made the whole thing so easy. And I sometimes feel, Mish, I wonder if you'll agree with me, sometimes the higher the profile guest the kind of more friendly and and prepped they are because they're just so professional. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it was also funny, Michael, because we had so much anxiety. I mean, all of us are doing this Zoom recording now. We're all doing this podcast from different rooms. And that was the case with the Jamila Jamil interview as well. And Zara and I had had more than one or two headaches doing remote recordings of podcasts. It was only, I think, the week before that we'd interviewed Julia Gillard the former prime minister. I know there's no politics chat on this podcast, so I yes, won't talk too much move about it along. the episode. And just to give you a quick, quick gentle reminder, this podcast also has a strict no COVID oh, talk. Oh, I can policy. do that. That is fine. We can obey that. We don't want to talk about COVID. <laughs> Thank you. But we were interviewing Julia Gillard and hearing all about her life and the podcast recording fell out, like it dropped out and we lost Julia three times. So it meant that we had to get back on the recording and redo it over and over again. And it was a complete and utter nightmare, Michael. So we were going into Jamila Jamil, extremely nervous that the same thing was going to happen. Thankfully, it went off completely without a hitch. It was absolute dream. And it was probably a career highlight. I think interviewing Jamila was right up there with interviewing the likes of Priyanka Chopra, Zara. Yeah, for sure. And being interviewed by you, Michael, of course. I was going to (laughs) say. I'm going to share some thoughts about Jamila Jamil. I first found out about her when I started watching The Good Place last year. I actually seen the entire show. I have the entire box set on DVD. Wow. Yeah, I'm one of the few people in this world that still uses a, a DVD player. When I saw Jamila Jamil on screen for the first time, I was quite enamored by her because <laughs> she's extremely beautiful. She's she's like a goddess and I love her accent as well. She is very beautiful. Because of all the accents in the world, English accents are my favourite, especially in women. <laughs> well, I've seen all of The Good Place and it's a great show, isn't it? What do you like about it, Michael? The cast members are what make the show great. Quite a few people in particular, Jamila Jamil, of course, Ted Danson, Darcy Corden, and also two important people, Mark Evan Jackson, who I admire a lot, and the hilarious Kristen Bell. I was wondering if you were going to say Kristen <laughs> Bell. I was like, this might be a glaring omission if she's not on your list. How could I possibly leave her out? <laughs> I was waiting. I love her. But with Kristen Bell, she is absolutely hilarious mm. because there's something about her that just makes her funny, whether she's voicing Anna in Frozen, which I happen to be a closet fan of, because it's not exactly something a man would watch. <laughs> and 
she's also quite funny in in the good place and her height also helps <laughs> she's so is she small she's quite tiny isn't she she's pretty small yeah. she's pretty small are she you is. shorter michael is that what you're saying that you guys would be a good you'd be compatible because you're similar heights yeah and plus she has the same height as my mother ah i love that you know that <laughs> What is your perception of love? And if you're comfortable answering, have you ever been in love? Oh, the big questions, Michael. What is my perception of love? Well, I think what I'm learning as I get older is that having like a whole array of different types of love in my life is probably the thing that keeps me the most fulfilled. I have a partner. I love him, luckily. Um, But... I also know that he can't give me everything. And so I'm lucky to also have like a good family and a good group of friends. And I think that's where I'm getting better at relationships and love as I get older, because I think perhaps in the past when I was younger in relationships, I probably expected too much of romantic love and probably not enough of other types of love. That actually makes a lot of sense because as long as you got your family and your close friends around you, There'll always be some ground in your life. I have been in love. I am in love with my fiance, Mitch. And I think my perception on love the older I get is you want someone you can giggle with. Like, yes, of course, you need someone who will be there for you in the more serious moments in life. And you need someone who will be a rock for you when you need that kind of support. But I think you also need someone that you just have fun with. Like you need a friend at the end of the day who you really enjoy having a conversation and some banter with. What about you, Michael? What is your perception on love? This is my perception. If you ever find a partner in life, you should not only be loyal, but also grateful. Because if in the event that you lose something as valuable as a woman, there's a chance that you might not be able to get her back. I think, I mean, it's never a bad way to go about your life to not assume that everything is always a given as well. I think in love and relationships and particularly romantic relationships, I think you can sometimes get so comfortable and just assume that that person will always be around. And I think one value that I have in particular in my relationship is like, I never want to rest on my laurels here. Like I never want to just sort of forget how lucky I am. And therefore every single day, I want to make sure that I'm making an effort, be it being in a good mood or being like really chirpy when you walk in the door, even if I've had a bad day. I think things like that yeah. go a really long way to being grateful because again, you, you just can't guarantee that, that something will sustain yeah. itself if you don't always put in effort. Exactly. We've spoken about this a lot as well, because we often say that you want to give your partner the best side of yourself. You want to give them the best side of Michael or the best side of Michelle or best side of Zara. And I also, I think I wrote about this in our book, The Space Between, you want to tell people that you love them all the time. Like I would hate for anyone in my life who I love to ever question that or not be aware of how much I love them. So I probably say I love you a considerable number of times more than the average person. Like I said, at the end of every phone call and at the end of every conversation really with people I love. So it's it's nice. I think it's a good attitude to bring into the world that you are emphatic with your love and you are willing to tell the people you love just how much you love them. Exactly. What I would do is I would tell that person, I love you on a daily basis. Yeah. 
Do you tell other people, Michael, that you love them apart from like if apart from perhaps maybe a romantic partner? Like would you tell your family and your friends? Because I'm not as good as Michelle at getting off the phone to a, a friend or a family member and saying, I love you, but I do it with my partner. And I'm like, I need to remind myself that I need to tell other people that I love them too because I don't know. I don't know why I've always maybe shied away from that. Well, with a few close friends that I have, I would tell them that I, would, that I love them as well. But also because the, the thing is, I'm a very affectionate person. I think you're amongst friends there, Michael. We are both very affectionate people as well. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and also, I've actually wanted to be with a woman for quite a long time. But in places like, like Wollongong, it's not really that easy. And I sometimes even question if, if any girl in this world would even would ever even fall for, for someone like myself. Well, Michael, as someone who watched you on that show and who has watched every episode and spoken about it so much with my family and friends, I have no doubt in my mind, not even a cell in my body (laughs) doubts that you will find the love that you are searching for. I think you're amazing. Honestly, when I told my friends today that I was doing this interview with you, I've told them a lot of times about different people we're doing interviews with or different opportunities with work. They have never been so excited by anyone. They all said they want me to give them a shout out or tell you about them because (laughs) they are such big fans of you. So I don't think the, the people around you have any doubt. They do not share that doubt that you seem to feel. You will definitely find someone and that someone will be pretty incredible because you're pretty incredible. Thanks. Also, Michael, you have, correct me if I'm Mm -hmm. wrong, not been on the Ellen show because clearly she fell in love with you. You have had Kim Kardashian posting about you because she, from a whole world away, has fallen in love with you on TV. How does that make you feel? Yeah. I feel flattered but also kind of uh, surprised. (laughs) It's because I never really expected any of this. And when I was first asked to appear on Ellen, I was actually quite surprised. Were you nervous? Uh, sort of. And it's, it's actually on YouTube now. We know. We saw <laughs> a lot about it. We were very excited for you because not many people in the world would get the chance to go on the Ellen show. You would be one of a tiny handful of people. It must feel pretty incredible. I guess it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just that I'm not really a fan of boasting about my accomplishments. That's okay. We'll boast about them yeah. for you. <laughs> That's why we're here. Okay. (laughs) Before we move on to our next heavy question, this one is not on my list of questions, but I do got to ask you this. Have any of you ever seen or heard of this show called Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Uh-oh. I have. I have heard of it. I have watched one episode and my my fiancé continued. I did not continue. I did not continue. I watched one episode as well. (laughs) Talk to us. Talk to us. Uh, Let's unpack it. Okay. First off, you two have only seen one episode. I've only, I've seen the entire series except for the eighth because I'm still waiting for that to come out in DVD. One of the scenes that I don't mind from that show of maybe the one episode that I've watched is that one where he makes all of the people lining up with like, you know, and like the headshots and he makes them sing Backstreet Boys. (laughs) Do you remember that scene? that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now that's a good scene. Every time I hear that song now, I just think of that scene. Like it's it's stuck in my brain. See, there you go, Michael. Okay. You're almost definitely in the right. It's probably a great show. Exactly. It's actually one of my favourite shows. I absolutely find it hilarious. 
And once again, it's the it's the cast members that just make it so great. It's not just Annie Samberg, but there's the others as well. There's Terry Crews, Joe Latrulio, I think that's how you pronounce his name, Stephanie Beatriz, Andre Brero, Chelsea Peretti, Mark Evan Jackson, and also Melissa Fumero. You're very knowledgeable. That's because I've researched about this stuff for years. I can tell. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with um with Melissa Fumero? Look, I'm not. I might have to do a little bit of a Google while I'm sitting here. Oh, she's got 2.6 million followers on Instagram. Oh, I do recognize she's her beautiful. from the show, though. I recognize her yeah. from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She is stunning. Is she another one of your favorite I so. women? I would say she is. And do you know the reason why she's so beautiful? Because anybody who has Latin genes is naturally attractive. And she has quite a few things in common with my mother. Ah. I'll explain. They both have Latin genes, they both have olive skin, and they both have very expressive faces. Your mother is beautiful as <sighs> a fan of the show. Your mother is a wonderful woman. Yeah, a lot of people have told me how beautiful my mother is. <laughs> but she's definitely an enigma. <laughs> Everyone has a parent who's an enigma, don't worry. And yet a lot of people don't really mention my dad that much. He was equally lovely. I think your mum got more screen time. Yeah, she did. I also got to move on to another um, pop culture related question that's also not on my list. Have any of you ever heard of or even seen The Big Bang Theory? (laughs) Yes. Oh, thank God. Oh, Michael, have we ever? You can't escape that show. It's everywhere. Every time I used to turn on the television after school. But tell us, why do you love Big Bang Theory? <laughs> Sheldon is one of the main reasons. And it's mostly and it's also because of Jim Parsons. He's a he's a great actor, no question. Since we're on the subject of the cast members, are you familiar with Mayim Bialik? Yes. Is she? She plays um Sheldon's girlfriend. Amy Farrah oh. Fowler. She's amazing. Yeah, I yeah, I know her. She seems incredible. An amazing woman with a brilliant mind. Mm, she's a genius in real life, isn't she? She's a scientist in real life. A neuroscientist. Mm, that's amazing. That's something I'm pretty intrigued about her because I have an attraction to intelligent women. Yeah, she's pretty beautiful and she's pretty clever, so she's a full package. She definitely is. And also, what do you think of Melissa Roach? Melissa? Is she, does she have red hair? No, she's the one that plays Bernadette. Oh, yeah, she's got, uh, um, I think it's like a strawberry blonde hair. Some photos uh, have her as strawberry blonde, some have her as just blonde. You know yeah. what? I don't know as much about Melissa Roach. Neither. Well, Bernadette's voice is not her actual voice. That's the voice modelled after her mother's, I believe. But Bernadette in the show, she's self-conscious about her height. And she also doesn't like it when others imitate her voice, even Howard. (laughs) But tell me what you think of this as a joke. Patting Bernadette on the head and saying, who's a good little girl? (laughs) (laughs) I I definitely am going to jump in here with this one because I... (laughs) That would really get a goat. I am small. And I always joke to Michelle that sometimes when we like, I don't know, are taking photos for work or something and someone says to me, oh, you look so cute. I'm like, you're only saying I'm look, I look cute because I'm small. Stop saying that. <laughs> Just say I look good, not cute. It's that same vibe. Maybe the next time I want to annoy Zara, Michael, I'll pat her on the head and say that to her. 
Do that for me, please. Yeah, she will. And you know she will now. I'll film it and I'll send it to you. How are you going to do that? I'll find a way. I'll DM you on Instagram. I follow you on Instagram, so I'll just send you a DM. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm. Yeah, sounds good. (laughs) Anyway, what are your perceptions of modern-day dating? Interesting one. Zara, do you want me to go first? Yeah, you're in. Well, it's a tricky one for me, Michael. I haven't been single in six years. So my perception of the dating game is really by proxy. Like I see it a bit with my sister, Evelyn, who is single. I love She probably won't love that I've just outed her as the only <laughs> single one in the family on a podcast, but she's single and she's a doctor. So as far as intelligent women are concerned, she'd be right up your alley. Unfortunately, she doesn't live in Wollongong though. But it's been interesting to watch it through her. I think it's tricky. I think internet dating or dating through apps does have its challenges. But I think it's also nice that you can kind of have access to all these different people and have a chat to them before meeting them in real life. I'm the kind of person, at least when I was single, I don't like approaching people in person. Like I'm a little bit anxious and I don't really like putting myself out there that much. So dating apps would suit me, but I know they're not for everyone. Zara, what about you? Yeah, they're definitely not for everyone. Well, I have been with my boyfriend for about two and a half years. We met on a dating app and at that time, and I thought I don't think much has changed since then, but I remember then everyone being like, you've just kind of got to do it. Like the couples around me that have started dating in the last three, four, five years, almost all of them have met on some form of dating app. Mm. Yeah. Personally, I've had very poor experience with dating websites. What have you not liked about them? I just can't get anywhere with anyone. Mm. They're not for everyone. It just mostly feels like a waste of my time. And the other thing is I hate doing everything online. I'd rather do things the old-fashioned way, doing things in person. That's fair enough. You are also a hopeless romantic, Michael. You're very... um classical with the way you go about things. You are chivalrous and you like to go to dates dressed in a suit and bring a rose and stuff like that. And I think that kind of classic mentality and that old school romance probably doesn't translate too well on an app, right? No. What would be the ideal way for you to meet the love of your life? Honestly, I have no idea. Bump into them on the street? Give them your number? <laughs> Why don't they see that as creepy? Well, this is that is half the problem now, isn't it? Because I feel like back in the day when there weren't apps and stuff like that and people had to do it more, it was more normal. But if someone stopped me on the street and tried to give me their number now, I'd be like, um, I'm not sure. You mean giving my, my number to some random woman in the street and then bear the idea of, of, of her calling me a creep? It's too risky. Mm. It's fair. That's fair enough. Do you still have hope, Michael? Because a lot of people are hopeful on your behalf, but are you hopeful that you'll find love? Yeah, I'm still hopeful because I'm a predetermined person. Mm. But also, there's no guarantee that I'm going to even meet her in Wollongong, let alone New South Wales or even anywhere else in Australia. She could be anywhere in the world. She could be. Would you travel to meet someone? I would, yes. Probably somewhere in Europe or Great Britain. Well, I was about to say, you love British accents, so it makes sense that you would be heading off to England or something like that, right? Yes. I've always loved British accents. Mm. And and speaking of British things, my favourite British actress is Rosamund Pike. Oh, I love her. Beautiful. She is beautiful. Yep, definitely. She's gorgeous. 
And not to mention that voice of hers. Yeah. Well, do you want to know who my favourite English actress is? Who? Gemma Chan. Ah. Do you know her? Yes, I think so. She was also in Raya and the Last Dragon. Mm. She's beautiful. She's one of the most beautiful women in the world, I think. I suppose. If you're obsessed with Kristen Bell or Jamila Jamil, I'm obsessed with Gemma Chan. She is my favourite, for sure. All wonderful picks. I suppose they are. I do have another question. Since my podcast has only recently launched, do you happen to have any advice for me? Ooh. Ooh, Michael, what a good question. Well, what have you struggled with so far? Have you had anything that you feel uncomfortable with or that you aren't quite sure about? Come to think of it, I haven't really. Well, you're a natural. That is a great start because I think so many people, firstly, so many people feel nervous to even start. So starting is often the hardest thing. I think that's what Michelle and I tell a lot of people is like, just start and you'll get better and better with every episode. And for us, it's always been that motto of kind of like, fake it till you make it. Like no one knows if you don't feel like you know what you're doing, if you sound confident enough. So for us, it's always like smile as you're talking and doing your podcast. Sometimes if I feel yeah. like I'm not feeling the episode, I have to smile more. Don't, don't we miss behind the mic? Cause it, it warms <laughs> up your voice and the audience can hear that. Yeah. I think the other big tip we'd have for you, Michael, is Always think to yourself, what's the kind of podcast that you would like to listen to? What's the kind of podcast that you find enjoyable or entertaining? I think the best way to make content is sometimes to make it for ourselves because there will be other people out there like us who want to listen to that. And I think as far as you're concerned, you already have so many fans. You've got 40,000 people following you on Instagram. Kim Kardashian, Ellen are talking about you. (laughs) Just keep being you. People love you for who you are. So if you're being yourself, you can't go wrong. Thanks. Thanks, ladies. (laughs) All right. For my Mr. A Plus segment, um, I've asked you, ladies, lots of questions. And now this is a new segment that I'm going to try where where you can ask me any question that comes into your mind. How would you describe your perfect ideal partner? Has it changed over the years? Um, It's been pretty much mostly the same. I'm seeking a beautiful, loving woman with a warm heart who comes from a good family. That's great. I think that sounds very reasonable. Yeah. What else can we ask? I have so many questions. I don't know which one to pick. What is your favourite thing about yourself, Michael? I don't really have a favourite thing about myself. You don't have any favourite things about yourself? What do you mean? Because I think everything about me is kind of great. (laughs) Oh, that's the perfect way to be, Michael. I'd rather just keep a level head about it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like I like myself enough, but I don't have to keep thinking about it or talking about it. I'm just comfortable in who I am. I think that's a wonderful and very well-adjusted way to be. Mm. Michael, I also want to know if there was any celebrity that was going to shout out you and Love on the Spectrum. We've already had Ellen. We've already had Kim Kardashian. Who would it be? That is a very hard question because it's a whole long list of people that I I would love to have have them do that. Actually, six casts of television shows. (laughs) That's a cheater's answer, but I'll let you go. We'll let it happen. What are the six different casts? The cast the cast of The Big Bang Theory, cast of Modern Family, cast Good of one. 
Parks and Recreation, the cast of New Girl, the cast of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and the cast of The Good Place, six of which are my favourite television shows. Wow. That's great. I mean, that's a lot of very famous people and a lot of very good people. So hopefully they do all stumble upon Love on the Spectrum. That would be pretty great. Or even this podcast, hopefully. Even this podcast. Good point. (laughs) Yeah, putting it out to the world. What else have we got for you? I thought of a question before that I desperately wanted to ask. If you could do any job in the world that you're not currently in. Obviously, you've picked show business and potentially acting. I heard you say that you want to get into acting as well. Yes. Would you want to be a Hollywood star? Is that the dream job? I'm not sure about that because there are some people in this world that want to be the greatest actor of all time. That was never my plan. My plan was to always become another addition to the world's long list of really great actors. Mm, That's a pretty good dream. Would you want to stay in Australia to act? I would go to America and Great Britain for acting work, but I don't know about living there because Australia is still my home. All my ties and connections are based in New South Wales. Mm, That's fair enough. Can I ask you a bit of a random question? Sure. This came up in a card game that I was playing with my friends a couple of weeks ago and I haven't stopped thinking about it, so I want to know your answer. If you could implement one law that's not currently implemented in Australia, if you could create a new law, what would the law be? For all all drugs and tobacco to be illegal to use. Nice. Interesting. And when I say drugs, I'm talking about harmful drugs. The only drugs that, that would be legalized should only be prescription drugs. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm trying to think about that one, Mish. That's a big question. It is a big question. I would just like um, certain items to be free or I would like to make people who have like tens of billions of dollars have to donate a minimum amount to charity every year. (laughs) Oh, that's not bad. Or give it to everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) If I didn't choose that option, I would also choose this option for all poaching, smuggling, illegal logging and and hunting for sport all to be illegal. Mm, Nice. Good one. That's a big one. Do you have anything interesting you're working on that my audience should get excited for? Do we have anything interesting? Well, we are currently recording uh, the second season of a different podcast that we do called The Books That Changed My Life. If your audience are interested in reading and the relationship that people have with books, that's one of our favourite projects to work on because we just get to interview really interesting people and talk to them about reading and their lives. So that should be out end of November. Um, But That's kind of the closest thing on the horizon, I think. And as part of that, Michael, we need your advice. You can give us advice on something. For the books that changed my life, we're filming something that could be maybe on TV one day. As a TV star, what's your number one tip for being on TV? Well, the only advice I can offer you is just do your best to work around things and be flexible with with schedules. Yes. And always make sure that everybody participating is – is enjoying themselves and feeling comfortable. If I found out that that somebody I was working with on a show wasn't enjoying themselves, I kind of would feel like hell. Fair enough. That's a good point. That's a good way That's to be. That's pretty good advice. We'll need to Thanks. keep that in mind. We're only doing one morning. It's not like we're doing a whole TV series like you. It's just one tiny little thing. But we will keep that in mind, given you are Australia's biggest TV star. <laughs> I am? 
I think you're Why close. Not? How many Definitely. people are being spoken about by Kim Kardashian? You're up there. Thank you. I don't even know. Uh, not many. <laughs> we can tell you that. I see. <laughs> you're both very funny girls. <laughs> and when I first researched about you on Google Images, I couldn't even tell who was who because you're both like twins. <laughs> oh, we look similar. Do you know what? I think those photos are deceptive Very. because it makes us look like we're the same height and stuff. But I think if you saw us in real life, you could see the differences. Michelle is a lot taller than I am. I see. I'm a good little girl, remember? She's going to pat my head. <laughs> <laughs> also, I need to ask you, where can people follow you on social media? Well, if they could follow us on Instagram, we're at Shameless Podcast. Or on TikTok. I don't know if you use TikTok, Michael, but we're on TikTok. We're at shameless underscore podcast. Oh, interesting. Mm. The sad news is I don't use TikTok. It's a great app. Why not? It's because I'm only interested in using Instagram and Messenger, and that's pretty much it, because I'm not exactly the biggest fan of social media. Well, look, the less social media in your life, maybe the better. I don't think it uh, – TikTok I find quite funny, but generally I spend way too much time on social media. So the less the better. Well, the thing is I'm very security conscious and because I don't like to be somebody who's, who's got his head buried in his phone all the time. That's a good point. I'm, I probably use my phone a little bit too much, Michael, so maybe I should try and cut back. <sighs> I would recommend it. <laughs> Because what people need to do is just spend time with people in person, not just being a group text. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay, Michelle and Zara, thank you both so much for for being on this podcast today. I really enjoyed my time chatting with you both. It was quite a privilege. Thank you so much, Michael. It has been such a delight being on your show, especially for one of your early episodes. So congratulations on the podcast. They're not easy to start and you're doing a wonderful job. Thank you. We were so lucky to be on your show, so thank you for having us. It's been my privilege. Both of you take care of yourselves and always stay safe. Thanks. The great model. (laughs) Thanks, Michael. If you ever find a partner in life, you should not only be loyal, but also grateful. If in the event that you lose something as valuable as a woman, there's a chance that you might not be able to get her back. I have been in love. I am in love. My perception on love, the older I get, is you want someone you can giggle with. And I think that's where I'm getting better at relationships and love as I get older. Because I think perhaps in the past when I was younger in relationships, I've probably expected too much of romantic love and probably not enough of other types of love. I don't really have a favourite thing about myself. You don't have any favourite things about yourself? What do you mean? Because I think everything about me is kind of great. Oh, that's the perfect way to be, Michael. (laughs) 